Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Old News Fresh Thoughts podcast, where we talk about current events and pop culture. Yep, and today we've got some really interesting stuff on the plate. We are, we'll be talking about Star Wars. We'll do kind of a post-mortem on uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens and kind of talk about what needs to happen for Star Wars The Last Jedi, which will be coming out here in a couple weeks. And then we'll also be talking about a real interesting case um if you haven't heard about it it's about a guy who uh was brought into the emergency room and he had a do not resuscitate tattoo i believe is on his chest and that is just insane uh i think that'll be really fun to talk about we actually haven't discussed it yet so we're really going to get our fresh thoughts on that one so star wars the force awakens it was pretty interesting because when I went and first saw it, I was really excited about it. And I i mean, this was just kind of a nostalgia thing, I think. Like, it was just exciting to have a new Star Wars movie out. Because it had been how many years? Quite a few since the uh, prequels. I think somewhere around like seven years, seven or eight years. Yeah, I think so. And so like at first, I was pretty excited. And I would even say for a few months after, I was pretty excited. Um, and I thought it was well done. Um, and there, I heard the critics, I heard a lot of critics saying that, you know, well, there's a few variables that they messed up in. And at first I was just highly, highly skeptical of like all criticisms of the movie. But as like time progressed, I think I kind of got out of the nostalgia factor. And I think I really start, like, I personally started to see the flaws with the movie, and now I'm at the point now where I, I largely view The Force Awakens as a failure. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, the first time I went to go see it, um, it was like, it was a crazy experience. And I mean, I, I, I thought it was, like, walking out of the theater for the first time, I was like, wow, that movie was incredible. You know, that was a, that was a really, really good Star Wars movie. And... Um, and I think that was that was due in part to the fact that I've never been to a Star Wars premiere before. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, when Revenge of the Sith came out, I was a little too young to like, re- you know, really understand like this is a Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. You know, these don't happen a lot. You know, and back then, I I don't I don't really think I understood like the magnitude of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. You know, like Star Wars is a big deal. It is a pop culture phenomenon. You know what I mean? Like yeah, this is, this like, stuff is huge. Yeah. Like I, so. I didn't at the time. I don't really think like I understood. You know, like this is this is a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but after watching The Force Awakens, I was like, "Wow, that was crazy good." I felt the same way. Yeah, I was blown away. But then, like, you know, I I, I, w- I really wasn't paying attention to the critics. I didn't really even see what they were saying. But like, slowly as time went on, I was like, after I watched the movie like a few more times, I was mm-hmm. like, okay, you know, like predictable you know yeah to say the least felt like all the other movies you know mm-hmm. some you know there's some bad guy gotta go blow up a, a, another death star essentially another death star yeah go blow it up and then well what initially got me what got me off the kind of hype train of being excited about the movie was when i really started to think about like star killer base like after a while, it just set in how ridiculous Star Killer Base was and is. 
even by Star Wars standards. So it's like, okay, we're going to make a third Death Star now, mm-hmm. which is a ridiculous proposition in and of itself. And now we're going to make this Death Star. We're not going to make it like a moon or like a giant space station. It's now a planet-sized base. Mm-hmm. This is like this planet has been cut in, I mean, cut in half and built a big weapon into this planet, like the entire planet. And even by Star Wars standards, that's ridiculous. I mean, that that's initially, yeah. like, I started to become skeptical of the movie. Um, and then there's also kind of the variable of, like, childish childish virtues and characters and whatnot and i'm trying to think of what some of those characters would be the i mean you know for, for a while a good couple months like you said you know i was like you know it was a really good movie and i you know it came it got to the point where it came out on dvd and i bought it on dvd and i watched it on blu-ray because the first time i'd seen it in theaters it was in 3d mm-hmm. our seating wasn't great but you know i got to go home and watch on like a 4k tv it was like you know i mean like the the graphics i mean the movie was you know the the the, the film the filming was just incredible visually you know? it was stunning yeah visually it was an incredible movie but you know as i started to think about the storyline more it just you know it felt really familiar you know and like then episode 4 familiar yes exactly but then um really like what was like the moment where i was like okay that movie wasn't nearly as great as i thought it was was when rogue one came out was when Rogue One came out. Yeah, that that kind of did me in on the movie altogether. Yeah, the like, I remember I skipped school in the morning because like, it was opening day, like opening opening day. Like let's I don't remember what the day was, but it was like December fifteenth. Mm-hmm. December fifteenth at seven a.m. Yeah, I was in the movie theater watching because like that was the only time I could get tickets. And I watched that movie, and I left that theater. And the first thing that the first thought that came to my head was that was the best Star Wars movie I've ever watched in my life. I, I had the exact same feeling. And I mean, I I thought about it a little more, and I was like, okay, you know, Empire Strikes Back is still the best. You know, I mean, you're not going to beat anything like, you know, Darth that Darth Vader fight. You know, yeah, the, the big yeah, yeah. reveal, I am your father, that whole thing. You're not going to beat that. You know, whatever. We can put Empire Strikes Back, but. That was the first time that a Star Wars movie has lived up to the name Star Wars. Mm-hmm. That was the first time we've seen a fight. I mean, you could say in like you know episode you know two, the Clone Wars, yeah, it was that yeah. whole big fight, and that that doesn't really not count. doesn't even compare. No, the f- the first time I watched Rogue One, that was the first time in a long time that I've said that's that's how a Star Wars yeah. movie is supposed to be. That movie was done right. I mean, that just yeah, definitely yeah. And when you, I mean. This is the first time, because in all the other Star Wars movies, even in the prequels, like, the essence of Darth Vader was kind of created, like, just this feeling, like, everyone fears mm-hmm. him. And in, in Rogue One, you finally get to see that just badass, like, we got to see insane what we, man. We got to see why he's feared. Yeah, I like, mean, a real reason to know, fear him. I think, like, in episodes one and three, we just knew, like, okay, you know, like, Darth Vader's this 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 badass guy, you know. He's yeah. got a red lightsaber, can do whatever the hell he wants. No one's gonna say anything to him. But then in Rogue One, you see at, it at like as he's chasing after that ship and he's just cutting through all of those freaking rebels. Like it was like yeah. that's ridiculous. I mean, he lived with like twenty v one and just wrecked them all. And yeah. then, and I, I thought it was like 
I mean, the part that, like, that I really flipped out about Rogue One wasn't, like, the fighting or all that, was the fact that it literally took you up, like, seconds into episode one. Mm-hmm. And, and with the well, the I mean, unexpected well, scene with, with well, uh, Carrie should I, Fisher. Should I say episode four? Episode four. Episode, episode four. four. I mean, because yeah, yeah. Rogue One was, like, 3.5, but it literally took you, like... Right there. Right there. Like, right after Rogue One ended and... Princess Leia said hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably like three minutes after that, episode four starts. Yeah. I mean, and it was just, that was, that was crazy. I was blown away. Yeah. And then I think what was so well done with that is they just filled the biggest, one of the biggest plot holes like in, in a famous yeah. movie. Like, oh, cool. Like they shot a little torpedo into the yeah. giant space station from a small little fighter and it blows up the whole thing. Yeah. And then I think they really eloquently, um, filled that plot hole and i remember i remember where i was i was in malmo sweden at the time and i walked out of the theater and i was just like so mind blown like i wanted to cry like it was so well done and like in that instance i was just convinced that i had seen the best star wars movie ever at least so i mean so well done and then like you said earlier um that that's kind of what did me in on the force awakens and then i was i kind of mentioned this earlier there's like this childness uh, variable and rogue one is really what highlighted that for me because rogue one was such a serious movie it had a real somber feel like there's nothing a lot of bad stuff happened the all the main characters die and I mean, then when you go yeah. back and watch and think about the force awakens the dialogue is clunky you know i mean bringing whole... bb80 bb88 which was like just a blatant marketing like yeah. get kids to buy a bb88 yeah. toy which isn't a huge deal but i would say it was the the serious somber feeling of rogue one that that really messed up the force awakens because you really kind of get a feel for how, just how clunky and childlike the dialogue is because i mean i mean the whole the whole thing behind rogue one was literally everyone died there was there was not a happy ending, and you knew it was going to happen going yeah. into it, like because yeah. cause I I believe yeah you do know from episode four that everyone dies yeah a lot of lives were lost yeah you don't see any of those characters again, and I think um, a really cool thing but it was probably just like unintentional was um, in episode four at the first meeting between like um, Darth Vader and all of his you know heads um, there is an empty seat at that table. And, and we know who that supposedly that seat was supposed to be for Krennic, which yeah. I think was just like that's interesting. Awesome. That's yeah. interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it was probably done unintentional in you know episode four, but now that I mean, I guess we could just like, you know, kind of just think that to ourselves, like okay, yeah. that's that's what that is, and we're gonna believe it because that'd be really cool if it was. Yeah. Do you hear all the stuff about? Because I've kind of seen this on some of the Star Wars like fan lore on YouTube. There's like all these things like why was Darth Vader so powerful in um, in Rogue One and not in Episode Four? Because the the lightsaber. I mean, there's obvious like actual reason for it, but like the reason uh, for the lightsaber fight with Obi Wan because it was like all clunky and like. You know, yeah. not like epic like the the rebels scene was. Yeah. I mean that's real interesting, and this is something that happens a lot with stars. Like all this, like fan fiction is kind of built up after, um, 
And that one, yeah, that was kind of strange. You ever hear about that? No, I didn't. Yeah, that's that's, a, that's that's interesting. But so moving on with the new with the new movie, The Last Jedi. I'm nervous. Are you? I'm very nervous because I mean I feel like it has to be better than The Force Awakens. I mean, my worries aren't you know visually with the movie. I mean, just from the trailers, the movie looks yeah, visually stunning. Visually, it looks great. I mean, every movie's going to be visually stunning in this Especially day and age. in Star Wars. They yeah. got how much money behind it? Billions yeah. of dollars. Um, the I, I'm really going to be interested in seeing how they, what they do with this whole Luke Skywalker, Leia, Kylo Ren situation and mm-hmm. how Rey and Finn are going to, you know, come into this whole part with because I mean essentially what I've seen from the trailers I tried to stay away from all like you know interviews with the characters and all that I don't want to see anything I just want to go in the movie just seeing the trailers just nothing more yeah blind to whatever's going to happen um I mean what I'm guessing is there's going to be some kind of retaliation yeah yeah I mean they pretty clearly indicated in the trailer that uh Luke Skywalker isn't going to be as happy to train Rey and they actually kind of indicate in the trailer that it's possible that she might turn to the dark side and they've yeah. let they've led us astray before in these trailers I mean that's kind yeah, of what they're yeah, designed yeah. for so you really are stunned you really have no no idea what's going to happen they're just giving you a little taste yeah. I mean personally to me I thought that that whole you're talking about the new trailer right with yeah, yeah. Like Rey's like show me my place and all this mm-hmm. yeah per- personally I think that was just like personally I think she was saying that to Luke mm-hmm and then that part where she's like lending her hand out, and Kylo Ren was like lending his hand. I think that was just a, that those two scenes were just comprised together, like you know they just put them together. And they're like, they're kind of leading you astray, so yeah, you're really stunned. Yeah. When they, when so when whatever out. happens, happens. We're like, didn't expect that. Yeah, the 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 trailers definitely got me. Like I'm I'm very excited for this movie. Um, yeah. But what there is to be nervous about because. You know, a huge issue with The Force Awakens. A lot of people have issued this. I'm not, wasn't that as upset as some people about this. Was the uh, the fact that the plot line was just so similar to Episode Four, A New Hope, and what people are concerned about, and I'm slightly concerned about, maybe not as much as a lot of other people are, is that the plot line is going to follow too close to The Empire Strikes Back, and what's really kind of led people to think that other than the force awakens is the scene with the walkers you know they look like the big four-legged atat walkers i think they're called like gorilla walkers or something and man that's gonna and it's kind it looks like a snow planet but it's not really a snow planet it's like dust that's kind of i'm a little nervous uh by that and and we know there's gonna be some huge um what's the word i'm thinking of kind of reveal Mm-hmm. And there have been claims that this reveal is going to be more stunning than the I am your father. Yeah. Um, I mean, where do you stand on that? Are you well, as concerned one, about that? Um, the I am your father is top three biggest movie reveal of all time, and no one could ever take that away from Star Wars. That is, like, hands down. Like, I mean, I didn't experience it because I, I, you know, I wasn't... Man, it would have been amazing. I, was, I wasn't born at the time. It would have been amazing but I can guarantee, I can guarantee some people spoiled their pants when they when they heard that. Like, yeah. You know, like, I'm your father. They're your <laughs> pants. I mean, but... Um, like, I can't even imagine. I yeah. would have loved 
because I was too young to like even remember what, being what? stunned by it when I first. Yeah, and because, you probably already. I don't even remember if I already knew about it. I probably did. No, I didn't. Because I mean, like, the first time I saw. It, I mean, like you know, as a kid, you know, Star Wars was like, oh, you'd go on the playground and you'd play Star Wars with your friends, yeah, yeah. and like you know, you just you'd kind of seen like one movie mm-hmm. uh, and you like just like watch them out of order whenever they're on tv or whatever mm-hmm. and eventually you just find out oh you know like that's luke's father but like you were too young at the time you know so like by the time you're 15 16 you can actually understand movie plots and character dialogue and all this like you already know that this is this guy's father so it's not that it doesn't it doesn't have the effect so when he says no i am your father yeah. you're just like oh okay you know i knew that but at the time when people didn't know that and they're going to go see this movie it's like just like whoa like that's ridiculous so you don't think they can beat it not, uh, not in the well i mean last Jedi. i mean anything is possible but i just i don't see how i mean it would be very difficult i'll agree with you on that the only thing i could see is like ray being luke's daughter that's i mean i think that's too obvious because so many people are predicting well yeah yeah i'd like to see like finn be like uh mace windu's daughter uh, son that would be crazy or like, that'd be amazing yeah or like snoke is mace windu that's the one big one i've heard i've heard the fan fiction and like predictions yeah. that and it it seems like it could be possible. I'm not gonna lie, Mace Windu was like one of my favorite characters. Like, didn't have much of like, didn't have like a huge role. You know, he was just in the movies. Yeah. He was always there, but he just seemed like such a badass. There were so many characters like that in the prequels because the prequels were so poorly done. And man, we could sit here and probably harp for hours on how bad the prequels were. Well, yeah, they I mean, were very, they yeah. were bad. Yeah. And but there were so many characters that had such great potential. So like. Like Liam Neeson as uh, Qui-Gon Jinn. Yeah. That could have been a cool character. He was killed off in what is widely considered the worst episode. Star Wars movie, yeah. Yeah. I um, think uh, Darth Maul, who is supposed to be like this really menacing, just guy who's got no dialogue, but just strikes fear in the heart of people, you know. And then gets with a, cut with, in a, half. with a double lightsaber, just gets cut in half. like By a young Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. Who, by the way, was... I. What's the actor's name? I can't remember his name. Um, uh, he was in the movie about this 2004 uh, you, uh, Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor. Yeah. He was, I thought he was a great Obi-Wan. Yeah, and I yeah, think if they do like a Obi-Wan standalone movie, which I don't know if that was announced recently. They, or, uh, I don't know if it was announced recently, but it's it's, it's definitely in the works. It's like definitely it's, in the works. We'll probably see it in the future. Eventually, I believe we will see an Obi-Wan yeah, standalone movie. There are talks of having him... As the, as the guy to play Obi Wan, which would be an excellent choice. Um, but there's so many good actors squandered in yeah. the prequels. I mean, yeah. they had, they got some stuff right. They really missed on a lot of the big points. Like Anakin. Anakin but, was supposed to be someone who was conflicted about the Jedi Order. You know, not a whiny little kid. The 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 thing. That I think, well, I mean, I don't really blame the directors and the people who wrote the movies for that, is because I think they had a very, very, very short leash. Because, I mean, four, five, and six just kind of threw you into this whole thing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And at the time when they're, you know, sitting down and they're like, okay, we're going to reprise Star Wars, you know, and we're going to make episodes one, two, and three stuff that happened before all this Death Star stuff and all this I Am Your Father and who was Anakin Skywalker and all this. They had to 
make these characters, and then get rid of them in a span of three movies. Yeah. Because, I mean, the thing with episodes four, five, and six is you have these characters, episode six ends, and none of the main characters really die. Yeah, yeah. Right? And in episodes one, two, and three... You have to explain it away. You have to explain it, and you have to add all these other characters have some kind of sustenance to their name, you know what I yeah. mean? Like Mace Windu, this guy who's going to be in all three movies, right? But he can't be, because he wasn't in 4, 5, and 6. We have to find a way to kill him off. Mm-hmm. So what do they do? They throw him out of a window. Yeah. You know what I mean? A character who had a lot of potential, you know? I mean, Gwygon Jin just kills him after a movie. Yeah. Darth Maul kills him after one movie. Yeah. You know? I, I mean... Thank God they got rid of Jar Jar Binks, but that's a whole other thing. Yeah, that was nuts. Yeah, but I mean, you know, they had a very, very short leash to get a lot done. Yeah, that's true. And you know, what I what I understand and from what I've read, in episodes 4, 5, and 6, so uh, George Lucas was the director of 4 and 6, right? Mm-hmm. And people were questioning him. Like, they this wasn't a certain enterprise at this point, especially in episode 4. So he kind of had, you know, writers and whatnot counteracting him. So, like, there was kind of a balance. It wasn't all him. There were people, other people there to kind of help build the storyline. But, so, you know, episodes four, five, and six are made. He didn't direct five, which is why they considered the best Star Wars movie. And he kind of had that, the checks and balances there. Episodes one, two, and three, he didn't have those much from what I've, from what I understand, mm-hmm. what I've read. So, you know, he created this whole thing and he's obviously a creative genius i mean he created star wars billion dollar industry now mm-hmm. yeah, yeah um i mean but all episode, this stuff came out of the guy's head yeah but episodes one two and three which he kind of he had written this whole story beforehand and just mm-hmm. picked out this part to do the movies on yeah the middle kind of end of it uh, but in episodes one two and three he didn't really have those checks and balances like of other writers kind of not letting him take the the helm too much because he was kind of revered as a creative genius. I think that's pretty interesting because it's like he obviously was, a cre- like I said, a creative genius, but this is kind of what happens when you let someone take control too much and mm-hmm. you're not willing to counteract him. And I think with the points you made about episodes one, two, and three, they're definitely true. Um, and I think they actually did a lot well. I think the Clone Wars mm-hmm. was pretty cool. They got a lot of good characters in there. I think the two points they messed up, three points they messed up on. Clunky dialogue, Anakin. I think they totally did Anakin wrong. I don't know. I don't think that's Hayden Christensen. Yeah, I think it might be. It might be. They could have. I, I think mean, there's. A, I mean, there's a reason the guy doesn't act anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I'm I'm kind of 50-50. Like, I think they could have picked someone better. I don't think it's all his fault. Because someone else obviously but, but I think his acting ability also... Wasn't there. Yeah. Yeah. And they also overdid CGI. I mean, this is not... They way... Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith, like, mm-hmm. the opening scene was really cool. It yeah, was really yeah, well yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. I think they got the CGI kind of down there. There were still some moments in the movie where I caught myself like, oh, man, this is not very good CGI. Yeah, yeah. Episodes 1 and 2, they didn't do a very good job. No. Um... And man, episodes one, two, and three, that is yeah. what could have been, I feel like. They're not, I don't think they're as bad as some people like to make them out to be. No, no, episode, definitely not. Episode one might be. Epi- yeah, episode one might be, but like, if 
episode two is on TV. I'm going to watch episode two. I don't have a problem with episode two. But I think, you know, I mean, if you know, as their own movies, like if you were just going to watch episode two, you were just going to watch episode three. They're, they're good movies to watch. But when you put it, you know, in, in retrospect, you know, and you mm-hmm. look at all three movies as a whole compared to the other three movies that were released way back then, and you kind of look at the whole Star Wars thing in itself, you say... Not even close. Yeah. And so when I say they messed up with the Anakin thing especially, it's like um, they kind of framed Darth Vader's turn to the dark side as a kind of he lost his loved one. Yeah. And he became too... He broke this number one Jedi virtue, I guess, that you shouldn't uh, create like an attachment Mm -hmm. to someone. I think that's where they really the right, especially yeah. the writers wet the bed. Yeah, because I I think people were expecting Anakin to kind of be this person who was conflicted about the Jedi Order, not someone who lost his his wife. You know what I, I mean? I think I think what they I mean what they tried doing was they had all this like you know he was really upset about the Jedi Council not letting him become a master yeah you know like they're 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 really weary about his power they wasn't they were they really weren't sure about anything anakin was upset about obi-wan because obi-wan didn't believe in him Mm -hmm. um the whole thing with anakin's mom dying so he kills you know the whole the whole pack of raiders and all that yeah you definitely see that flash of the dark side yeah yeah you see that but i think what they did was they acted it out too much oh yeah you know what i mean like yeah, After definitely. his mom died, he was really upset. Like, oh man, you know, like the Jedi, you know, they're holding me back and all that. He was really upset about this. And it's I like think, they're telling you what happened, not showing you, if yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, they really, they got, they didn't They didn't really show what he was really mad about, you know what I mean? They, 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 they showed that he was mad, and you saw him, like, say these things that kind of show, like, the dark side in him. Mm-hmm. But it was it was too acted out. They didn't make these things subtle. Yeah, I mean, there's supposed to be not. these subtle things. I mean, sure, you know, when someone has some kind of change to this, from this to that, you know, there, uh, there you know, there is some kind of catalyst um, yeah. situation. But like, they it's not had, this rapid. Yeah, it's not just like uh, all, all you know, like all together all at once. Because I mean, Anakin was young in Episode One, you know, and then mm-hmm. he gets older in Episode Two, and then like, pretty much the whole second half of Episode Three, he's like, you know, this. He's on the dark side, you mm-hmm. know. So they really have like, they kind of rush this. You could even say from the start of the second half of episode two, mm-hmm. they really had like one whole movie. Yeah. It's like okay, you're gonna change. You know what I mean? And I understand there's a gap between episodes two and three. Yeah. But in movie time, you know, they just kind of like, oh, okay, here we're just gonna rush you through. Yeah, I never really thought about it that way, but that's yeah. definitely they definitely did rush it. Yeah. And um. Kind of back to this point on they're telling you, not really showing you with these movies is like, we know, we knew, you know, going into these movies, you knew what was going to happen, right? We know Anakin's going to turn to the dark side. Mm -hmm. We kind of know about the Clone Wars, um, not like we didn't know, obviously, to the full extent. And I think they did a good job with the clones. Maybe shouldn't have been as CGI'd out as it was. But they really had a problem of, just kind of is through the dialogue in which they were telling you what happened. They weren't, and they, they really rushed everything. And I think 
they really wet the bed on that point. And, you know, if you go back and watch the trailers, I wasn't old enough to, like, see the trailers and have an understanding yeah, what's yeah, going yeah. on. But if you watch the trailers, it is clear as day that you knew what was going to happen going well, in the movie. Yeah. Like, and, and, think... and you did, but we got to look at like what Rogue One did. We knew what was going to happen. We knew they were going to get the Death Star plans. We knew they were all going to die. We Everyone knew it going... But, every serious Star Wars fan knew it going into the movie. But we didn't expect it to happen in that fashion. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like They like, created a new story around this story we already knew, which they we, did not do very well in with, the prequels. With Anakin, we knew he was going to turn into Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. So by him having going, seeing his mom die and killing all these raiders and him having getting really upset about it and start saying all this dark side stuff, it's like, oh, well, okay. Too blatant I mean? and I, quick. I, I, I could have seen that coming, you know? In a million years, I would not have guessed that um, in Rogue One... Um, the rebels were gonna go and stage this attack, surprise attack on some beach planet, and mm-hmm. go in and steal the Death Star. That they were conflicted about in the way that they did, have this big fight and then have everyone die. I would yeah. have never seen it in a million years. Yeah, you, and they brought in all these new variables, yeah. and they really, they really created a whole new story, and they they brought up a lot of things you didn't expect. Like, who would have known that? they were going to fill the plot hole. One of the biggest plot holes yeah. in movie history. Yeah. Could could the prequels have done that? There's nothing that comes to mind off no. the bat. But I think that's really where the prequels missed the mark. Yeah. And um, we kind of got off on a tangent yeah, so about as the prequels. We, as we digress, um, back to The Last, Last Jedi. Jedi. I, I just think that they have to... They have to find a balance in the story where they're not focusing too much on Rey and Finn, like the new characters. Mm-hmm. They're not focusing too much on the old characters. I mean, yeah. I think... I mean, I th- we know Leia's going to die. Like, I feel like... Well, yeah. I think a major thing that they messed up on The Force Awakens was... I feel like The Force Awakens was a, was really gimmicky. You yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, Chewbacca, Han Solo, Millennium Falcon, BB-8, da-da-da, Princess Leia. You know, we're going to throw all this nostalgia at you so you get really excited... Which you know, worked at first. It, it worked at first, you know. I think the way Rogue One did gimmicky was when they showed you C-3PO and R2-D2, you know, you kind of shit your pants. You were like, whoa. That's actually one of the scenes. Like, it was exciting awesome. when you see it, but now it's like, it was a little cheesy. They, it was, it was they a threw cheesy. it in there. It was a little cheesy, but it was like, whoa, you know, that's pretty cool. And it, but it was one instance of the movie, it not was, the whole day. It was movie. one instance. The The Force Awakens was like a just like gimmick after gimmick just to get like, you know, bring back some kind of nostalgia. And I mean, I think, you know, J.J. Abrams, Abrams is like, you know, he's guilty of that with other... He did Star Trek, and he's guilty of that. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, they have to find... I f- in Force Awakens, they focus way too much on, like, the whole Han Solo thing, you know? Yeah. Oh, it's Han Solo and Chewbacca and the Millennium Falcon, and that's, like, the whole movie. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, and they didn't really take it to any new place, because no. we've already seen two Death Stars blow yeah. Up. yeah. We don't need to see that again. So... You know, they have to find a balance of, here are these new characters, we're going to tell their story. Here are these old characters, we're going to tell the story from all this time where we haven't seen them. Mm -hmm. And we're going to find some way to intermingle both of their stories, you know, and have it in accordance with Kylo Ren's story. Yeah, yeah, and take it new. And take it to a place that we haven't, take Star Wars somewhere that we haven't seen before. And I mean, I think they're going to get it right with this whole counterattack. You yeah. know, by uh, you know, by you know, Kylo Ren and you know all the troopers, because I mean that's something we haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. Everything has just been like rebels attack, rebels attack, rebels attack, rebels win. Yeah, you know what I mean. 
And I mean, just from the trailers, we're get, we're gonna get to see like, okay, now now the dark side's gonna get now the dark side's gonna attack back. Mm-hmm. Now we get to see what they can do when they go on like an all out you know mm-hmm. assault, and it's not just a Death Star blowing up a planet, you know, because that's essentially that's the best we've seen on like from a dark side assault. We're gonna oh we blew up a planet ah yeah, we got yeah. you there, but now we're gonna get to see. I mean, I think that's something new, but I want to see them take it further than that. Yeah, that's a really good point. And and back to like kind of them not willing to take it new places with the the Force Awakens. They played it too safe. Like the First Order and the Resistance is just a new paint job on the, the Empire and the Rebels. Exactly. And that is pretty frustrating. I I mean, I didn't I when after I first saw Force Awakens, I didn't really think about it like oh you know it was, you know it was like this is essentially Episode Four. After, after my dad had watched it at home, because he didn't see it in theaters, after he watched it, he goes, how is this any different from episode four? Yeah. <laughs> and, like, that was the first time I, it, like, I tried to argue with him. I was like, I was like, no, 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 it was different. And then, like, as I was talking mm-hmm. and saying all this stuff about Force Awakens, I realized that if you just took out Force Awakens and said, you know, like, inserted episode four, wherever I said that, it was the same thing. Yeah, so, yeah. What, what, what they really need to do is, I mean, I think Rogue One should be used as the outline for almost every Star Wars movie from now on. Because, I mean... It that is, t- take it new places. Yes, that is, take it new places. Don't be afraid to be bold. Don't be afraid to have something unpopular with fans. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I think Han Solo was unpopular, like, him dying was unpopular with fans. But at the same time, it was really like, oh, didn't see that coming. Like, yeah. You know, Because Harrison Ford he did. He didn't want to come back, but they were like, "Ah, oh, you got to." Well, you know, I mean, we knew he was gonna die. At yeah. the end of the day, he knew he was gonna die. How much they pay him? I think like twenty million dollars, way more than anyone else. Exactly. You know, so yeah, he wanted out. Yeah, he wanted out. But you know, they have to be able to take it new places, do something unpopular with fans. Not, not unpopular. Where like people are like, okay, I don't want to watch another <laughs> movie because that was just like so horrendous. But yeah, I mean, like, but not so conservative that you're leaving us within the did the exact same framework exactly as before and i mean they they i mean we kind of know on some level they're going to kind of follow this theme of it's kind of like a good versus evil and and uh seven is similar to four in the way that it's the good strikes a blow to the to the evil side the dark side yeah. and now we know they're going to come back the evil is going to strike a blow to the good side mm-hmm. i mean i f- feel like that's a fair to say that that will yeah. like that's what's going to happen but it's just a matter of not following the plot line mm-hmm. of, of Empire Strikes Back mm-hmm. so much. And i that's really what they have to do to yeah. take this to yeah. a place that's leaving the fans in a kind of new, leaving us in a new place where Star Wars hasn't been before. We don't want to see episode five again. Mm-hmm. If we wanted to see episode five again, we'll just we'd go watch, watch episode, episode five. five. Yeah. We won't have to spend $15 on a movie ticket to go watch episode five again. Yeah. Because I mean, with, with, with again, going back to Rogue One, we haven't seen a big battle like that before. We haven't seen characters die like that before. We haven't seen like you know some kind of like stealth assault and you know mm-hmm. dressing up as the enemy, going behind enemy lines. You know we haven't seen anything like that before. Yeah, they with the Force Awakens, yeah. we've seen a Death Star blow up, and now we've seen you can f- make it as big and cool as you want and as ridiculous. And yeah, we've seen a fight between the main villain and the main hero where no one really dies. Mm-hmm. They just kind of fight and they go and they're gonna get stronger and then they're gonna come back and fight again. Yeah, just give us something new. Uh, yeah, I think that's ultimately what it boils down to. Yeah. Um, I don't think anyone's gonna be like. 
I think it will be a good thing to see the the, the dark side or the bad side strike a blow to the good side. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they really got to take this movie new places. And man, you just mentioning Rogue One again. Like I still kind of get excited just talking yeah. about Rogue yeah. One with how good it was. I mean, they they did so much right. Yeah. Like a scene that comes to mind is when the the Star Destroyer just like crush into each other. It's like we've never seen this before. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. Or even like even. You know, when, you know, the, my favorite scene in probably the whole movie was when Krennic met with Darth Vader. Yeah, that and, was... And, you know, Krennic was like, so I'm still in charge, and Vader's just choking him out, and we're like, wait, what's happening to him? Like, we kind of know, like, you know, like, oh, man, like, is he getting choked out? But we can't see anything, and Darth Vader just turns around and tells him, don't choke on your aspirations. You know, some people just, were mad about that. I, lo- I didn't have a problem with the scene. I thought that was cool. I thought it was cool. Like, it wasn't, it was a good place for a pun. Yeah, and it it was a it explained what was going on. Yeah. Some people didn't like it. I I didn't have a problem with it. I thought it was a very good scene in the movie. I think it was, I think it was a really cool like you know like who's your daddy scene. Mm-hmm. You know like I like I'm in charge. I run this shit. <laughs> like <laughs> we you know, run this we run this shit. I, you don't run the shit. I run this shit. You know, so like you yeah. know I, I'll tell you what you're supposed to do. You yeah. don't tell me what to do. And I thought it was like. That was really cool. And the dialogue, sure, that was kind of a cheesy pun, don't choke on your aspirations, but the dialogue in that scene, like, you didn't know what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, Darth Vader seemed really, like, you know, pissed when he was talking to Krennic, and you're like, yeah, oh, yeah. man, is he just going to, like, you know, beat, beat the hell out of him here? Yeah. So. I mean, they they really hit that movie out of the park. Yeah. And, you know, there were some kind of, like, clear marketing plays. Mm. So uh, what's the guy's name? Churrit. In way, like yeah. we all know, they brought him in because they wanted a Chinese actor in the mm-hmm. movie because it's going to appeal to this market. And I don't have a problem with that. It's because they did it so well in mm-hmm. that movie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. they didn't do that so well in the Force Awakens. So if you're gonna, I mean, they're going to bring in people for for marketing's sake, so we can appeal to like more people, sell more so stuff. So you're not getting social justice warriors mad, and you know. Yeah, yeah. And that, I mean, there was the, the there was the whole thing. Um, what was the name of that? I think the name of the movie was Exodus. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one where I think Christian Bale was in it. It was yeah, yeah. the one about Egypt and like. I don't know if I've seen that. I I don't think I've seen it either. But people were really upset that like you know there weren't African American people of African American descent in that movie. Wait, well, that's about Egyptians. Yeah. Are you kidding me? But would that be his? Was it? It would have been historically inaccurate. Exactly. Right? Exactly. People got mad about it. Either way. That's insane. So, I mean, I, I, I think it's kind of smart that they're doing that. They want to get these people, you know, get as many people as they can. And but that's again, fine if the, they do a good job. Yeah, if, at the end of the day, if they do a good job, yeah, it's great. I mean, I mean, Force Awakens, they added a female heroine and an African-American hero. That Yeah. I mean, yeah, they, they did a good job of it, so no one's going to say that's, anything. I mean, that's something, I mean, they did a genuinely good job on that yeah. point. Yeah, And And, like, uh, Churrit, in a way. I think that's how you pronounce it. Yeah. Churrit. Baze. Um, and Baze. Yeah. Morbus, I think. You know, they like they did a really good job with those guys. And they they brought some... They're, they really brought something new to the table. Because you kind of see a guy who's close to the Force that's not a Jedi. Mm-hmm. He's not a Sith Lord. He Like, they, they did a really good job. And that's another instance of bringing in something new. Bringing in a character that brought something to the movie. And what I also think... Um, uh, Rogue One did right was they weren't really afraid to go get like you know these bigger name actors, mm-hmm. you know. I mean they used Forrest Whitaker, 
Um, the guy who played uh, Jin's dad, I can't, I can't remember his name for the life of me. He's a he's a pretty big actor. Yeah, yeah. Um, the guy who played Krennic, he's a pretty big actor. I loved the guy who played yeah. Krennic. I thought didn't. I mean, all the actors did a very good. They job. they weren't afraid. To I mean, even Jin, who the girl who played Jin, she's even you know a, a pretty big actress. They weren't afraid to go get these people because I mean, usually Star Wars has been like this whole secretive thing, like you know, mm-hmm. very secretive. Don't tell people who's in it. We don't want big name actors. Rogue One wasn't afraid to do that, and it really paid off. It really paid off. Yeah. I mean, the guy who played Krennic, he did an amazing job. Bringing in Forrest Whitaker was cool, although I wish he would have been in the movie a little longer. Yeah. That was rough. Um, I, I can't say that I fault them for taking his character out of the movie so quickly. I thought he, I thought he was a nice addition to the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, The Last Jedi... God, I hope they don't screw it up. Just give us something new. Give us something new and not too childish. Yeah. You know what I mean? Don't be afraid to have people die. And and that's another point yeah. that The Force Awakens failed on, that Rogue One really nailed. Yeah, I think, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, we've been talking about this for quite a while. We're going to try to wrap it up soon. But I think yeah. just, I mean, f- final point for me here is they, I think The Force Awakens, because I mean, you know, throughout all this time, you know, Star Wars has been a big thing amongst kids. Mm-hmm. The Lego Star Wars, this and that. Kids yeah, go on the yeah. playground and play Star Wars. So they really tried to make Force Awakens, you know, like this childish thing where even kids can understand what's happening. Yeah. So kids are going to be like, oh, you know, I want to be Rey. I want to be Finn. I want to be this. Rogue One was like, screw appealing to the kids. Let's appeal to Star Wars fans. Yeah, and they need to do much more And I of think that. they need to do more of that. And they need to take it new places. And I think... Uh... I think we've really beat the the horse on this one, yeah, the dead horse. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, moving on, you want to talk about the second topic of the day? The second topic of the day. We actually really haven't discussed this. All we've discussed is that we're going to discuss this. So <laughs> this is like really fresh thoughts, and I'm kind of not even sure what I think about this yet. But if you haven't seen in the news, a man collapsed, and he had the ta- he had a tattoo on his chest, I believe, that says "Do not resuscitate." Um, and there's a very clear ethical dilemma here. And I'm going to go ahead and just read off of uh, this is the Washington Post. Doctors in Miami face an unusual ethical dilemma when an unconscious, deteriorating patient brought into the emergency room with the words do not resuscitate across his chest. The 70-year-old man was taken earlier this year to Jackson Memorial Hospital where doctors made their startling discovery, a chest tattoo that seems to convey the patient's end-of-life wishes. The word not was underlined, and the tattoo included a signature. This is crazy. This is, I mean, this leaves legal questions, ethical questions. um, And when, so another thing to note here it says in the article he arrived with no identification no family or friends and no way to tell the doctors whether he wanted to live or die so this guy is in here he's dying holt said the so this uh, i don't know who holt is he must have been the doctor or something holt said the man had an infection that led to septic shock which causes organ failure and extremely low blood pressure so this is like this guy's in there they don't know who he is they don't know his name. They don't know who to contact. No. He is unconscious. He is going to die. Like low blood pressure, organ failure. He's in septic shock. And he's got a tattoo that says, do not resuscitate, yeah. underline, and sign. 
I that mean, is insane. I mean, for, first of all, I feel bad for the doctors. Like, what do you? Yeah. That is a hard, yeah, decision. I mean, I just okay. I'm going to start by just saying the definition of ethics. The, they're the moral principles that govern a person's behavior or the conducting of an activity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the question that's being raised here is: Is letting this man die ethical? Do we just let him die? Because I mean, it, pretty clearly his organs are going to shut down. He's going to die. Yeah. I mean, it's a. It's either we act now and save him, or we yeah. don't. So the. Further elaborating on the story, the doctors didn't really know what to do. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure how, how ethic boards convene. I'm not sure if every hospital has their own ethic board or if there's like a district ethic board or, you know, mm-hmm. some along the lines of that. But either way, an ethics board met and they said that they have to honor this tattoo. Don't, don't, don't resuscitate the guy. That's He's, crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, so, you know, the guy died. He did. You know, he had on there, do not, do not resuscitate. It was pretty blatant, you know, and they just, they let him die. Now, obviously you have people on both ends of the spectrum here. You have, you should have, you should have, you know, let him live, you know, resuscitate him. And then there were the people who were like, eh, he said, you know, don't, don't do it. If I go out, this, mm-hmm. I'm going to go out, you know. And I, I mean, I think personally, I stand more on the end of, of the whole do not do not resuscitate thing, because I mean, you know, if you do if you do resuscitate this guy, and he wakes up and he's like, "What the hell, man?" Says it right here, "Do not resuscitate." Signed it with my signature, mm-hmm. you know, and he gets up and now he's mad. I mean, I mean, you know, there there are obviously people out there who have like these death wishes, you know, like oh, I just want to die, you know, screw mm-hmm. it, I'm just gonna end it all, whatever. I mean, it seemed pretty obvious that this guy said to himself, like, "All right, like." If something happens, this is how, this is how I was meant to go out. Mm-hmm. Just let it be. I'm just gonna do it because I mean, uh, it's possible this, he's like a Christian scientist, like he didn't believe in medicine or something. Yeah, I mean, this guy had um, a history of medical conditions. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I mean, once, I mean, he probably thought that you know, he 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 just doesn't want to keep fighting anymore, you know. And I mean, I, I, mean, I kind of, I understand that point. Now, obviously, like when you're the doctor on the spot, there's no way to know these things. And no. that's a really tough decision. But looking at it that way, it's like if you've been around the hospital a lot and you're sick of being poked with needles and constantly, having surgery. Constantly taking pills, you know, probably three times a day. Yeah. And kind of like your, your conscious, your existence is nothing more than like a doctor's visit. It's the white walls. You're just kind of like going crazy. Just, I mean, it's, the anticipation it, of pain, which is coming every time. Yeah. But then you also have to look at it in the the feet, like in the from the perspective of the doctors. Like, what do you do in that moment? Because obviously they don't have the time to analyze this. They can't contact his family. He didn't have no, any. He didn't have anything. Um, and I, I kind of err on the side of. They probably, I feel like they probably should have resuscitated him. Really? Because if you think about this, like what if he had gotten that tattoo in which he was, I mean, obviously his age and prior medical history would lead you to believe otherwise. I don't think the doctor could have known this. Like what if that's a tattoo you like got as a joke, like under the influence of some drug 
or al- you know alcohol there's there's that to consider and i mean if you really didn't want to live and now this is a whole other ethical dilemma that you can discuss but just like assisted suicide um, mm-hmm. especially when you're around that age and yeah, 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 you definitely. don't have much coming. So I think in regards to like assisted suicide, and I know this is kind of straying away from the point, but I think there's a larger meta ethic that could potentially apply here um, that would counter what I said earlier. It, you know, there are some realities worse than death. You know what I mean? Yeah. There are states of existence in which you are in so much pain and you're suffering so much, it is simply not worth living at that point. And I I mean, I can see when you're like in your 80s and you have a plethora of medical issues that just cannot be helped. Like if you mm-hmm. have a terminal cancer, say, you're going to die. It is going to be painful. All they can do is drug you up and hook you up to some machines and you're going to be conscious through all of this. The the answer is I mean, I think it's clear as day that there are states of consciousness and existence that are worse than death. Um and and kind of the meta ethic here that applies is like can we assist people in dying? Can we let people die? So I think if you I think that would counter what I said earlier that if you look at it from in that light that you could make the case that, yeah, you probably can let this guy pass away. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I think I think they did the right thing. You do think so? I mean, the guy is dying. He's dying right before you. And he's, yeah, and he's clearly going to be going through some significant yeah. so, level you know, of pain. If they, do, if, if they do resuscitate him, he's got a hell of a lot to go through after he does wake up. Mm-hmm. Um, Two, it's pretty clear that he says do not resuscitate. I mean, yeah, there's there's no some kind of there's no subtext behind that. It's three words, clear as day. And yeah, and if yeah. you look at the um, tattoo, which if you're listening to this and you want to go look up the picture that had tattoo, um, you know, with older people as you get older and you have these tattoos, if you've had them for a long time, they fade away. This tattoo was clear no. as day. This yeah. was not an old tattoo. No. Um, I think when you look at it in that light. And it, and it was a clear, do not resuscitate. Yeah. Do not save me if I am dying. Um, and you, and my third point was, you don't have a lot of time to make this decision. Yeah, you're under the gun. You're He's under dying. The gun. Or... He's dying, you know. So this ethics board met, and they, and I mean, they said, you know, we just, just don't, don't resuscitate him. He's, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he it says it on his chest. I mean, I just nothing comes to mind when I think of what kind of subtext could be behind, you know, behind well, this behind this tattoo. Yeah. The only thing I could think of is the the like he he got drunk and got that as like a joke. Yeah. But even then, that's not a. That's still not like you know like as a joke. I don't see going to the tattoo shop. I mean, oh, let me get do not resuscitate. You know? Yeah, I mean that's a like, pretty, you know, pretty you somber get, topic. Like, if you want to die, if you're sick, and you, you get like, I heart mom as a joke, or you know, something, you know, something stupid like you get a penis like, on you, you get a penis on your arm, you go get a tiger on your arm, you know, something like that, mm. you know. But like, do not resuscitate. Put in a very visible spot, especially like if you're going to a hospital and like. Mm-hmm. 
you are in a situation where you need to be resuscitated, they take your shirt off right there. Do not resuscitate. It. I mean, to me, I think I think they did the right thing. Now, it may not have been. It may not have been, you know, a, shall I say, popular decision with some people, but at the end of the day, it said do not resuscitate, and they followed the guys. Because, I mean, that, 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 that was essentially what his orders were. He put his signature on it. He did put his signature on it. Yeah, that's a really... I mean, honestly, wherever I would stand on that, which I'm not even, like, I'm genuinely open to having my mind changed i would say right now i kind of lean on the they did the right thing side of it but honestly i feel like i could sway either way um man if you got that as a joke especially if you're like younger if you got that as like a joke which i don't know why you'd get that as a joke man you're just shit out of luck if if they kind of use this as precedent for future situations. I yeah. mean, this isn't, that would be crazy. Because I feel like this is kind of like a joke. I read on this Washington Post article that it's kind of like a, a joke amongst doctors that people get the, it's DNR. DNR, yeah, I get a DNR tattoo and then. And then and they're like, well, what if someone actually did that? And it's like, oh, someone rolls up and they have a do not resuscitate signature, yeah. bold, underlined. I mean, um, the if the guy got that tattoo as a joke, this kind of reminds me of this uh, this one scenario. This one guy went out into the woods. Mm-hmm. This actually happened. This one guy went out into the woods, got lost, was out there for a few days. It was cold out. Yeah. And like a uh, a helicopter or a plane had had like flew by him, and like I I I can't, I can't remember what it was, but they kind of like hovered over him. And like you know, he waved at them with one arm, okay. And the universal signal for like waving with one arm to like a plane or something is like go away. Is that really? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah it was like like leave or you know like leave me alone. So some some along the lines of that. So like the guy saw like the pilot knew that was a universal signal and then like flew away, and then that guy died. Like he wanted, I'm guessing like he wanted to be saved. He was lost. Oh, man. Had, like, nowhere to go, was, like, you know, I mean, no shelter. Maybe that's a pilot's thing, but, like, as a average person, say, that went camping and got a little too ambitious, who would know? Because I wouldn't know just purely on instinct or common sense that raising one hand is, like, leave me alone. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. And is that... That must be some kind of indication amongst pilots. Like, pilots would possibly learn that, like, if someone's waving one arm, leave them alone. Yeah. Don't, or, like, don't hover over them. Because, obviously, it's annoying to have a plane or a helicopter hovering around you. Yeah. If you're out in the woods. I mean, yeah, I mean, and then, again, there are, like, two people on the side of that. You know, like, the guy should have landed the plane, stop, and be like, do you want me to save you? Yeah, yeah. And then there were people who were like, well, you know... That is a universal signal for that. If you're going to go out there, you got to know that, you know. If you're going that far in the ex- woods. And I mean, I think that's the same thing with this situation. Yeah. If it's on there, you got to honor it. And then, but I mean, that's that that's different with this, with this scenario. Because if the guy lands the plane mm-hmm. and says, do you want me to save you? And he says, no, the guy in the plane leaves. They both go their own ways. And then or if he goes, yes, it's like, thank God you came. 
he takes him with you. Yeah, I think I'd kind of have to fault him in that instance. You got to be a little more certain than an arm wave to yeah. leave. But like with this case, like this guy's dying. You don't resuscitate him. He dies. You do resuscitate him. He yeah. doesn't die. It's not like he could just go back like, okay, I'm going to die now. Now that you resuscitate him, I'm going to die now. Yeah. It's like he's alive now. Yeah. You resuscitate him. He's alive now. You can't just... The thing, though, this is something to this is something to consider with the do not resuscitate thing. Like, someone who is genuinely, like, depressed and suicidal and is not in the best state of mind, and we can maybe... There could be, like, a concrete reason why they're depressed and suicidal. So, like, for instance, like, um, environmental factors play a huge role in that. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you live very far in northern Canada, say, and it is dark, it, it, the sun only comes up for a couple hours, uh, it's called seasonal depression. There's a reason for that. You're not outside as much. Um, you're not getting as much vitamin D in your body, which is an important vitamin. It activates hundreds of genes and most importantly it carries serotonin to the brain and we know that when you are lacking serotonin you are i mean it is a causal relationship you are so much more prone to depression Mm -hmm. so like what if this guy and this is kind of separate scenario from the do not resuscitate thing what if you are depressed and suicidal and you say i want to kill myself and i don't want anyone to get in my way mm-hmm. i mean in that instance i still feel like someone has an obligation to help them because obviously they're deluded they're not in a proper state of mind mm-hmm. i mean seriously something as simple as not having enough serotonin in your system that is something you can fix with like a vitamin d pill that i can go to the store right now and mm-hmm. buy yeah and this you know some amount of people are going to kill themselves and are i think Especially if you know someone is in that state of mind. If someone is suicidal, you have to try and help them. Now, obviously, when you get into the, you're an older person, you have, you just know this pain is coming. Like, the most intense, you've got machine hooks up, hooked up to you, pain. That's, that's kind of different. Mm-hmm. That's a little bit different. But it, it is an interesting question. Yeah, you know, definitely. And with assisted suicide, and it's kind of a slippery slope. Mm-hmm. I mean, do I don't want to? We don't want to play age too much as a factor, but age is a factor. If you are ninety years old and all you have coming is medical expenses, and you're going to put your family in debt and pain, and you're going to die anyway, you might as well go out on your own terms. Mm-hmm. Then once you kind of come down the ladder, and so I've you know you get a situation like this where a guy says, "Do not resuscitate. I'm seventy years old. I want to die." Yeah. But then when you get to younger people, like, who, you know, who are we to say that this guy was in the best state of mind? He didn't have any family. He didn't have anyone to contact. He could have been depressed. Is this something we could have helped? Is something that could have been helped? And obviously medical science isn't there yet. We can't um, fix depression as well as we should. Like SSRIs and all these medications mm. are largely, they're effective for some people, largely ineffective. Um, and that's... It's really an interesting question, especially when you start kind of throwing in the variables of mental state, depression, uh, just suicidal behaviors, and certain variables that play a role in that. Yeah, I mean, there is a obvious, not-so-obvious answer to this question. At the forefront, it seems like, um, yes, resuscitate him, he's dying, or no, don't resuscitate mm-hmm. him, his tattoo says that. 
But then as you go further into this question and you dig further, you dig deeper into the answers that you have to this question, you start to think, was this guy in the right mindset? Did he have a family? What 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 was his life before? And could we could he have been helped? Could could if he was resuscitated? Could he have been helped? Is he truly done with life? Yeah. You know, you have to think of all these things. So I mean, this is a very weird situation, probably yeah. like a one every hundred years situation yeah. that you're gonna come across. That's just a very r- bizarre scenario. Personally, I think that they did the right thing. The mm-hmm. guy said it had a signature on it. You don't have any other form of identification. You're under the gun. You got to make a decision. And I, I think that I think because I mean, really, it's a. I mean, I don't think you can go wrong with either situation. E- either way, if you resuscitate him, good for you. Maybe you can help this guy, whatever. Or if you didn't resuscitate him, it's like, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, you can you can throw in the argument that you should err on the side of life of caution too, because yeah. if I mean, I think the age. The age must have played a role in the doctor's mind. but And there's also the larger question of who should be allowed to kill themselves. And mm-hmm. that's a that's a kind of crazy question because it's, like, I think, culturally, generally speaking, it's unaccepted. Suicide Fr- is frowned a, upon. It is very frowned upon. Yeah. Um, and But it is a real question because I think we've established that there are some people that should be allowed to go out on their own terms. But we have to start asking, who is that person? Mm-hmm. So, like, say that is a 16-year-old or 17-year-old that comes in with a do-not-resuscitate tattoo. Is That's that a, a totally different situation? Yeah. Yeah. And, and who, I think there's a clear answer in to the question of, you know, who is in... I mean, actually, okay, I shouldn't say that. It's not a, a very clear answer. But I think we can say that there are people that can that are can be in the proper state of mind to want to go out on their own terms and there's some people that can't yeah and it's kind of um just and it's it's hard in instances like this where yeah. it's just the such a quick thing quick decision that has to be made but you definitely have to look at a lot of variables and i'm i think I've kind of bounced around on this, but I I kind of think I err on the side of caution. Um, but I th- I can't fault the doctors. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I definitely. think it's definitely a discussion that needs to be had. So I mean, you know, ethics debates are always fun. We could talk for hours and hours about ethic debates. And there's so many more good ones to talk about. Yeah. But um, uh, I think that's uh, that's all we got to talk about. Yeah, today. I think we definitely definitely got to everything we wanted to get to today. Yeah. So uh, that concludes another episode of the Old News Fresh Thoughts podcast. This was episode two. Um, We record on Fridays and Saturdays, and we try to upload on Sundays and Mondays. And, um, you know, whatever platform you're listening to this on, a follow, like, subscribe, share, would would be very greatly appreciated. Thank you.